Hi, and welcome back to the Girls Who Gather podcast, a podcast sharing women's stories from a diverse range of backgrounds and stages of life, highlighting the way that they are building community, empowering other women, and walking out their calling. We're so glad you've decided to tune in. Our hope for launching this podcast is to extend the voice of Gather beyond the physical spaces where we meet in our cities, campuses, and apartments. With an incredible diversity of feminine voices, we want to create a catalogue of testimonies and inspirational stories that you and your friends can always return to. We will also be announcing Gather news, updates, and other exciting events coming up on this platform. Stay tuned for more from us as we journey through this next season together. All right, welcome to the podcast. Uh, I am Lauren Franco, founder and executive director of Gather, and I will be your host today. And with us, we have Miss Kat Harris, who is the host of the Refined Collective podcast, author of Sexless in the City, and founder of the online publication, The Refined Women. She started also and also is still a full-time photographer for over a decade, and her work has been featured in the New York Times, Women's Wear Daily, Vanity Fair, GQ, Forbes, just to name a few small little things. Um, and after the launch of her photography business and in a modern-day really Carrie Bradshaw moment, she launched a blog series about dating in New York called Sex in the City. Sexless in the City, not Sex in the City. <laughs> and her blog went from a couple hundred hits to tens of thousands of readers a month. And this came with the opportunity to work with brands like Google, Neiman Marcus, SoulCycle, and the opportunity to turn that blog into a book, which we will talk about in a bit. Um, and I will link below in our show notes. But now she runs an incredible podcast, Creates Spaces for Female Community, which is something that's very near and dear to our heart here at Gather. She's committed to equipping and empowering women with a pra- with practical tools to walk out their worth and navigate their lives grounded in freedom, vision, and wholeness. She, in everything she does, her goal is to create a safe space to have honest and layered conversations around faith, sexuality, relationships, culture, identity, and everything else in between. And I love that she always says, come explore the gray with me. And so we're going to do that today. And Kat is also one of the most fun follows on Instagram, I think. You create great content. <laughs> it's very easy to engage with, um, speaking from personal experience. And her content is so helpful, resourceful, and honest. And she talks a lot about dating and friendships and relationships. And her wisdom has really been a lifeline. Uh, in some trying times for me. So thank you for that. And I'm really excited to get to let Kat share more wisdom with us. So thank you. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Um, Yeah, it's so good to see your face and get to chat with you about, yeah, all the things. Like All the things. (laughs) Any elephant in the room, let's just go straight towards it. (laughs) Here we go. Lots of elephants. Um, Kat, I feel like I know you. We were talking about this a little bit before, but I just, we have a lot of, we have some mutual friends and I think you know also beyond that just following you on instagram i just you're so authentic and so open and i just feel like i know you <laughs> which yeah. i'm sure you get a lot and i don't know maybe that's weird no um. it's not at all i mean i think it's the conundrum of being in an online world right yeah. i mean yeah you're right i do share very very personal things online also in that what i also share is that what i share on the interwebs is mm-hmm. really the tip of the iceberg it's yeah. of the story, you know? And so, yes, I am vulnerable. I share my heart. I share my heartbreaks. I share my Mm. doubts and questions. And it's also so important for me to do life in real time with real people and not just let my pain or my process be a teaching point for strangers on the internet. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, no, that's great. I think that's always like a hard thing to find because I feel like we get taught things and Sometimes it's just such, it's so freeing for someone else, you know, and it's wisdom that someone else can learn from. But but also, yeah, what do you keep safe and what do you, how do you just find the people that you're just supposed to share it with, you know, personally? So it's always, it's it's something I don't think any generation has ever had to navigate ever. Um, at least not in the way that we are navigating it yeah. with the internet and with social media and things like a global pandemic, things that yeah. we as a hum, human race are going through for the first time in the 13 billion year history (laughs) of the universe. It's truly, it's a pretty wild thing. And so I think the space that I am trying to live in as I, we navigate this stuff is a space Mm -hmm. of humility. Yeah. Brene Brown calls it like FFT, like it's our (laughs) effing first time. Yes. And so just to approach so much of life and relationships and even disagreements with curiosity and humility and with a 
listening posture. I love that. I love that. Oh, cat. Okay, well, let's back it up. So mm-hmm. I we love to start from the beginning. So where tell us a little bit about where you're from originally and what growing up was like for you and kind of I love to ask like how that how you feel like if at all it's played into what you do now and where you're at. Yeah, I mean, first <laughs> my multiple therapists would tell you that my childhood <laughs> has definitely impacted who I am today and what I do. But yeah, I grew up primarily in the South, well, in Texas. I just had a big old fight with one of my girlfriends who's like, Texas is not considered the South, okay? (laughs) I mean, you were your own country. Texas will fight you on that, yeah. Yeah, we'll fight (laughs) you on that. But yeah, so I I primarily grew up in Texas, one of six kids. My brother's the oldest, and then it's five girls. So we range from 38 years old to 19. My mom had my youngest sister when I was a senior in high school. So in Texas, I could have definitely been her mother. (laughs) So yeah, I grew up in Bible Belt South in almost the belt buckle of what is known as evangelical, as evangelical culture. Mm -hmm. I didn't grow up in a religious home per se, but Nearing the end of my high school career, I became a Christian. I went to a church camp. I got quote unquote saved and I came back and was a pretty obnoxious, like Bible thumping, all in, sold out for Jesus Christian. And my family was like, what in the world just happened to you? You are a crazy person. You are annoying. But it was definitely a pretty, trans. it was it was one of the most transformative experiences of my life and definitely mm. led me down a path that I wasn't expecting to go on. Mm. I also come from a broken home. My parents divorced when I was 10. Mm. My, I'm trying to, I'm like, <laughs> hold <laughs> on. Another challenge. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, my parents divorced when I was 10, both remarried. My dad remarried multiple times. Mm. And yeah, my, my family story is rife with, addiction, affairs, dysfunction, mm-hmm. toxicity, abandonment, betrayal, um, kind of the all the right makings for a movie mm-hmm. and a pretty, um, yeah, difficult childhood. But one of those things that kids are so resilient. We're yeah. so resilient when we're young. And yep. I think humans are resilient. But when you're a child and you lose mm-hmm. your safety foundation of home security parent all of that and it's kind of like you're thrown overboard into the water and you just learn how to survive yeah so I think so much of what I've taken into my life my goals my career my relationships have been because of the survival or the survivor mentality that I had Mm -hmm. growing up in a broken home. I knew the only way I would go to college is if I had a full ride scholarship. So I got Mm -hmm. a full ride scholarship playing sports. Mm -hmm. I hustled my way to Mm -hmm. starting two really successful businesses and was working 80, 100 hours a week for years and years until I hit total burnout in my early Mm thirties. And Really, it was, it's like the blessing and curse of being a survivor. I remember one, it was one month in New York. I had lived in New York probably for a year at the time, and I was sharing a bed with my best friend in Brooklyn, (laughs) so broke, but just hustling my way, pushing down doors. And I paid my rent that month, and I was like, oh, thank you, God, I survived another month. Yeah. And I feel like in that moment, there felt, there was this like internal nudge of, what if you didn't have to tread water? What Mm. if your feet could be on solid ground again? What if you could actually thrive? What would your life look like if you were thriving, not just surviving? That's great. And I had honestly never considered it. Mm. I'd never thought about what could it be like if I wasn't barely making it? What could life look like if I was a soul and body and mind at rest? Because ever since I was a kid, it was adrenaline, cortisol, survive, take care of everyone else. And living that way served me as a child because it helped me survive. And then it served Mm me college, post-college, most of my 20s because Mm -hmm. I was able to work my butt off and make real results in my life that ultimately ended up compromising my body and my career and a bunch of stuff. But, you know, our strategies work until they don't. Wow. 
That's great. That's a really, yeah. I um, I went curious to know, like, when you, you, you've worked through a lot of that and clearly you got to a point now where you're, you know, you're on solid ground, but, um, and we'll talk about that, but I'm curious, like, when that starts to crop up again, because I think it, you know, when that's something that's so ingrained in you from the yeah. time you're young, like, what do you do to address that when you start to kind of, like, do you know what I mean? Does that happen yeah. to you where you start oh, to maybe yeah. revert back to totally. how you used to function? Yeah, I mean... Something that was super helpful for me years ago, one of my mentors was like, your problem just isn't laziness, okay? Mm -hmm. A lot of people struggle with laziness. (laughs) That's just not you. So like when you're having this like internal narrative of, oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. if I don't do this, am I being lazy? She's like, Mm. that's just not what you are naturally wired towards. Yeah. And so so acknowledging that has been really helpful. Um, Usually my my go-to is I expect myself to be able to run a four minute mile. Hmm. And I'm like, well, I haven't run a mile in 10 years. Like, and if (laughs) I don't run a four minute mile, I'm a failure. And I'm just going to keep running this mile until I get the four minute mile. And so one thing that I've made a habit of doing is I just am constantly gauging the question, what is normal? Hmm. And like, what, what do I want to feel normal for me? And so that being said, I know when I'm kind of getting back on the hustle train, there's a few, there's a few like fire smoke alarm things that'll start going off. One is I will be checking my phone and scrolling social media right up until the moment before I go to bed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I will wake up in the morning and check email first thing. So for me, a rhythm that I have is no emails, no social media, mm-hmm. an hour before I go to bed and an hour when I wake up in the morning. That's great. And I actually don't even keep my phone in my room. I have mm-hmm. like a cheap Target yep. alarm clock. So I know to, I, I know I'm off when mm-hmm. that starts happening. Yeah. I know I'm off when I wake up in the morning and immediately start to work as mm-hmm. opposed to for me, it's super important. The first thing I do in the morning is to spend time with myself, spend time with God, prayer, journaling, meditation, body work, all of that stuff. So if I'm not doing that, that's kind of like a telltale for me. If I'm skipping meals, yeah. if I'm like, oh, I don't have time to eat. (laughs) Okay. Well, Well. (laughs) you don't have time not to eat. Um, And then So basically for me, I created, after burnout, I created a system for myself called Back to the Basics. So nothing in life gets to happen unless these Back to the Basics are happening. So for me, that's the no email or social one hour before bed, one hour after I get up. It's sleeping at least seven to eight hours a night. It's eating three meals a day plus snacks. It's moving my body at least five times a week. It's um, making sure that I'm spending time alone and pursuing my relationship with God at least five days a week as well. And that might seem intense and ridiculous to some people, especially if you're a young mom or you have a house full of kids or you're working at Goldman Sachs and have to be at work at 4 Mm a.m. I don't have kids. I am single. I do have a little more wiggle room in my schedule. And in that, I've kind of developed, these are the back to the basics that work for me. And so life doesn't happen. Work doesn't get to happen unless these things are happening first Mm -hmm. because it's the whole put your air mask on before you put your neighbor's air mask on in the airplane. I can only give out of the overflow Mm -hmm. of what I have first received and given myself. So yeah, I mean, it's like the other night I was like, I must not be doing well. I just watched Bridgerton (laughs) season two in one day. (laughs) Like what's really going on here, Kat? (laughs) So I think it's just being curious about, the behavior coming up like okay what am I avoiding what am I not wanting to look at who am I proving myself to Mm -hmm. that's That's a big question I ask myself now when I want to work more than so my commitment to myself is I don't work more than 40 hours a week it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. that I run two full-time businesses Mm -hmm. I don't work more than 40 hours a week because that didn't serve me and so when I feel myself justifying that I need to work a ridiculous day. Yeah. Then I ask myself like, what's the price I'm paying for this? What's the reward Mm -hmm. I'm getting? 
Hmm. And what who and what am I trying to prove? Wow. Now, sometimes I need to work a 12-hour day. And if that yeah. happens, then I will literally schedule a day later that week of, all right, like we're, we're, we're taking that extra time off right. because I'm not a robot here. Right. That's great. No, that's yeah. really good. Yeah. And just those questions. That's so practical. I love mm. – very practical person. I'm like, that sounds great. But like <laughs> practically, what, how do you do that? Um, oh, yeah. I'm all about yeah. – we got to have the like, thing – something to hang our hat on. <laughs> yeah, we do. I know. Yesterday I was – I – just started putting my phone outside of my room for when I go to bed because the other day I like woke up and I like literally immediately like went to grab it and it was like I hadn't even plugged it in it wasn't there and I just heard I just felt like God was saying to me like what what are you reaching for Mm. and like and that was a, a deeper question too of like the things that I go to in stress or the things that I go to just by default and I think yep. that we I'm learning lately like we we set the default and you're not going to default to a place you've never been like you're not going to go and stress or in like whatever to a a place you've never gone you're going to go to the carved out thing that you've been like over and over again doing Mm -hmm. and so I think that's like so good to set those rhythms and set those patterns because you're when you groove out that path it's going to be that much easier to go especially when you're overwhelmed or stressed or it starts to be a default that you when you yeah. do that. So yeah, so and good. the beautiful thing is we have the permission to rewrite our story and rewrite yeah. what you're talking about is the neurological yeah. pathways in our brains, our neurosystems. Yes. We have the permission to rewrite those at any step of the way. So yeah, that's great. This is why when people are like, well, I'm just an enneagram three, so yeah. that's just what I do, <laughs> or I'm, you know, it's just my extrovertedness. It's right. like no, like. Yeah. You yeah. have autonomy and responsibility yes. for how you're taking up space in the world. You're not a victim to your personality totally. type. No. You're not no. a victim to your default. It no. takes work and courage and discipline and community mm-hmm. to shift, yeah. but it is possible. So yeah. you can rewrite those defaults That's great. by making new commitments. And yeah. typically our defaults don't shift until the price outweighs the reward. Right. And no, you know, so sometimes good. it's like, well, well, I'm not getting a price for believing that you know, no guys like girls like me. Mm. Well, actually, you're paying a price for that because you're staying single. But the reward, yeah. reward you're getting is you get to be a victim. Yeah, You get to be woe is me. Well, you get to have a lovely little pity party. Mm-hmm. And because sometimes our defaults feel so true because yes. we have evidence from our past circumstances and wow. our present circumstances that lead us to cement that narrative. Mm. However, the whole invitation of faith is to lean into a more ultimate reality, one right. filled with possibility. Right. Oh, that's so good. So good. Oh my gosh. I already know I have to go back and listen to this to take notes (laughs) on what you're saying, but, um, no, that's great. And I think, you know, I want to jump to something that I was going to ask you about. So I was recently on your Instagram and you said something that really like stood out to me. You talk a lot about dating. You talk a lot. And and what I want to talk about with you today is a lot of what you just said with unlearning and rewriting and deconstructing and rebuilding. And so you said, um, so much of my life, my relationships with men have been defined by uncertainty. So I've become attracted to the uncertain. Mm-hmm. And that was like, I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. That is such a profound thing to say and, mm-hmm. and to recognize too. Um, and I, yeah, I want to talk about like the unlearning process and the, yeah. I think some, I think we don't realize often it's like almost just as important as learning is, is unlearning what we've written, you know, the stories that have been written in our lives. Um, so what you, Talk to me about like you can talk about that in particular, that statement, or just in general. Um, yeah, sort of what you've had to like unlearn to grow. And I know you kind of talked about your childhood, but like now, what are you seeing in your life with relationships, yeah. whatever? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Well, I think yeah, let's we can kind of go with the the Instagram post that you brought up, the uncertainty. So the first thing, the first thing that needs to happen if we want to grow mm-hmm. is there we have to give doubt permission in our lives. Mm, that's great. And doubt can feel so scary, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, like if I let myself say this doubt out yeah. loud, what is that going to unravel in my yeah. life? Yeah. But doubt is the pathway to growth because wow. the moment we give ourselves permission to say, well, hey, wait a second here. Mm. Or uh, Ruthie Lindsay in her book, There I Am, says, just because you know a story by heart doesn't mean it's true. Wow. And so for me, it it was getting to a point where I'm like, hold on a second. This isn't working for me. Mm-hmm. Why am I attracted to emotionally unavailable men? Yeah. Why am I 
feeling so attached to this person that mm. I actually barely know. Wow. And if I'm being real honest, went on an okay date with, you yeah. know? <laughs> or why in my 20s That's did great. I date this guy on and off for four years who was a total douchebag? Yeah. Treated me terribly. Yeah. Ran around with other women on me, but I was like a moth to the flame addicted to his affection for me. Why? Mm. Growth mm. begins with asking why and being curious. Mm. So that's, I think, the main principle of what any sort of deconstruction is. It mm. starts with curiosity and asking yourself, how did I get here? Mm. Why did I get here? Wow. What are the stories and narratives that I have agreed with as gospel truth that have allowed me to live in this reality? Mm. And are they really true? Wow. Are they really working for me? Or are they not? And so giving yourself that permission to ask those questions. And one of the leaders in my life constantly talks about this crystallization of discontent. Wow. Is another way of putting what I just shared. It's, it's you know, a lot of people in recovery programs talk about hitting rock bottom. Mm -hmm. Like we all have to get to the point where we, are, where we see our ish yeah. and are like, all right. I can't manage anymore. I, my life has become unmanageable mm -hmm. and this isn't working for me. And I do not want to, I cannot move forward as is. I can't unsee what I've seen. Yeah. And so for me, as far as my relationship with men go, uh, and this can be applied to any other area of my life as well. But like I said, in my 20s, I dated this guy who just, you know, it was swept me off my feet. I yep. met him at New York Fashion Week when I was still living in LA. And so we would have these like sexy, romantic rendezvous <laughs> at the Ace Hotel bar. And yep. when I would be in town and um, just make out on the street corner. And I just was, <laughs> oh my gosh, head over heels for this guy. Yeah. But he treated me terribly, never wanted mm -hmm. to introduce me to his friends. And just... I would be on a date with him and he'd be like scrolling on his dating app, like holding mm -hmm. my hand and then scrolling on the other oh hand. Oh my gosh. And I remember getting to a point where I was so confused with myself. I was like, mm -hmm. I can objectively see that this person doesn't respect me. And the more I go back to him, the more mm -hmm. I lose respect in myself and the more I see him losing respect for me. Mm -hmm. And yet... I feel like I can't stop going back. Mm. And it felt so confusing because here I was, this budding photographer, budding entrepreneur, you know, taking down names, doing my thing in the fashion industry, yes. super yeah. confident. And yet when it came to love and mm -hmm. men, I was a puddle. You I had tonight. no yep. sort of confidence. And so I, I went to therapy started therapy and it was interesting because my therapist was always wanting to know what's your relationship like with your dad and I'm like it's mm -hmm. great we've worked through all of our crap yeah he was a deadbeat when I was growing up but we're great now I don't yeah. want to talk about my dad I want to talk about this tool that I keep dating yeah. <laughs> I was like the worst <laughs> like she's like it feels like you have daddy issues I'm like don't put your stuff on me <laughs> like don't project I don't have daddy issues it sounds like you have daddy issues <laughs> So honestly, oh it took a, a long time and a, me being super prickly for a few mm -hmm. years in therapy to realize it didn't matter who my dad is today. Mm -hmm. It's who he was when I was growing up in those yes. formative years. Yep. And all I knew was drama, dysfunction, mm -hmm. really, really high highs and really, really low lows. And wow. you talk about that default neurological setting. Yeah. We become attracted to what we know. This yeah. is often, unfortunately, why people who grew up with addicts in the house end up with addicts or yeah. people who experienced, experienced abuse either end up with abusers or become abusers themselves if, mm. if, un, if trauma goes unhealed. That's and tough. so I realized for the first time in my mid-20s that my past was haunting me and mm. keeping me from everything I really wanted. And it was causing me to strive a ton in my career. And it was causing me mm. to be attracted to men who are emotionally unavailable. Mm. And so I kept doing that work. And then I realized I'm the common denominator in every situation that I'm in. Mm. So 
the problem isn't these emotionally unavailable men. It's what is in me that is emotionally unavailable to attract that. Because like attracts like. You know, Justin Timberlake in this song, Mirrors, it's like, it's like you're my mirror. We all are each other's mirrors. Yeah. I dated a guy last year who is one Mm -hmm. of the best guys I've ever dated. And he was still emotionally unavailable because he had stuff that he wasn't willing to look at yet in his life and in his story. And I was like, man, this guy's a mess. And it wasn't (laughs) until we broke up where I was like, oh my gosh, he was my perfect mirror because he couldn't see his stuff because I was unwilling to see my own stuff. Mm. And so, yeah, for me, growth has looked like pausing when I feel triggered by someone else now Mm. and saying, okay, or if I feel triggered by someone else, if I feel resistant towards another person, Mm. especially when I feel judgmental towards someone else or I feel really right, I'm like, okay, what, Mm. what are they triggering in me? Because we only resent in others what we resent in ourselves or what we have the capacity for in ourselves. So wow. I, I, that has really shifted for me because, I mean, I am a self-righteous, like, <laughs> one plus one equals two. I'm right. You're wrong. It's us versus them. Um, yeah. I mean, a real joy to be around at times. Um, <laughs> I can be. So just noticing, okay, wow. how is this person my mirror? And then yeah. also noticing and taking responsibility for me being the author of so much of the dynamics in my life. Like Mm -hmm. I create my reality. Yeah. Like there's this um, teacher in the new Testament of scripture that says, you know, take every thought captive, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think one of the reasons that that is an invitation is because that teacher understands that our thoughts dictate our realities. Mm -hmm. And so if I think everyone else is the problem, that's a problem. Wow. That's so good. That's so, so good. Um, yeah, even it can even swing the other way where like you did it really. Yeah, your thoughts are everything because like if even if you have a relatively like stable or normal childhood, quote unquote, like you can even find that maybe somewhere in your head. I think this happened for me too, like that somehow, somehow like normal equates like a lack of excitement or a lack of romance or intrigue. Totally. And so you swing to like maybe what's or gravitate towards or attracted to what's maybe broken or unhealthy or Mm -hmm. whatever and you hold on to that because in your head normal and healthy equals boring and yeah like I find that in myself I realized that recently I'm like oh maybe I maybe I gravitate towards that because in my head that's what that's equated to that I you know that's going to be a a boring marriage or a an emotionally like uh, you know like lack of emotional intrigue or what like uh or emotional connection and so I swing to the other you know and it's like even Mm -hmm. We can even write our own, you know, to try to run away from what we know or grew up with too. So Absolutely. And then we we are indoctrinated from culture, yes. rom-coms. I yep. mean, I love Bridgerton and I also yeah. can say how <laughs> problematic it is. Oh, yeah. Even just watching season two, there's this like fire, like yeah. almost like resentment and hatred towards yeah. the two main characters. And yeah. what is it showing? It's showing, ah, yeah. oh, like it should be, relationships should be hard. Yes. It, yes. Like conflict is sexy and right. uh, resistance is that thing that like makes you want the other person. Yeah. It should be a roller coaster because that's what's yeah. exciting. Mm-hmm. Whereas I had this picture a couple months ago and it was, I felt like the internal conversation was, would, do you want to go on a roller coaster ride right now or do you want to go on a walk on the beach Mm. and I think what I have felt in relationship in romantic relationships is I want that roller coaster I want to see this guy from across the room and want to rip off his clothes Mm -hmm. I want to have an incredible physical chemistry I want to see him at his job and be like yeah that's my man he's the best guy in this room (laughs) and I want that like passion there. I want that roller coaster. But I was really sitting there thinking and I was like, okay, if I had the opportunity to go to Disney or Six Flags every day for the rest of my life for free, would I want to do that? And I'm like, yeah, no, I, maybe I'll go once a year. What I love is I love going on walks. Like Mm. I, I live right by a a lake in Austin. Lady Bird Lake. Yeah. 
Yep. And I, yep. I walk around so it cute. almost every day. When I lived in yeah. LA, I walked on the yeah. beach multiple times a week and mm-hmm. it was refreshing. It was soul fulfilling. It wasn't yeah. this crazy, like, yeah. I'm going out in New York City tonight and I'm going to stay out until 5 a.m. and it's yeah. going to be the craziest <laughs> night, night ever. Like, those are fun. But like, I want those once in a blue moon. What I want every right. day is the yeah. security, is peace. Mm-hmm. is friendship compassion yeah. empathy and yet it can be so hard to shift yeah. that in our brains because we equate yes. relationship with mm-hmm. drama mm-hmm. and to your point like normal can feel boring yeah. and it takes especially when your nervous system is so used to that drama it's taken me uh mm. many many years to shift all right no that's not attractive yeah like this feeling is healthy right and almost like preaching my preaching yeah. it to myself yeah so yeah, is it's, that it's kind tough. of how you is that kind of how you go about like rewiring that attraction and and re you know kind of addressing that and, and being able to because it's hard because it's so like attraction is very feelings based and very chemical and so like mm-hmm. have you felt like you've been able to like you know, rewire that like chemical. How do you go about doing that? Yeah. What what does that look like? I mean, I feel like I'm still doing it. It's something that my, one of my girlfriends and I, we talk about all the time. We're like, we say the number one thing we care about is marry your best friend, someone with character. Yeah. Someone with integrity. But based off results, what we really want is to (laughs) be with the person that we see once and are like him. Like I want him and I want him to feel that same way about me. I will say the more work, the more you work on yourself, Mm. the more you grow and evolve as a human, the less the BS is attractive. Mm. And I will also say the type of men that I attract into my life now versus Mm. five years ago, 10 years ago are completely different types of men, caliber of men. And And so that is helpful. Yeah. A huge way to recalibrate and shift that mental experience of I'm attracted to um, the instability is to do nervous system work in your own body. So Mm. every day I do breath work. Mm. I teach my body how to regulate. I do stuff Mm -hmm. like boxed breathing. Mm -hmm. I lay down, put hand on my heart, hand on my belly, do deep belly breathing. Mm constantly teaching my body you're safe this is what safety feels like and the more you learn how to regulate your nervous system you're teaching your nervous system how to feel safe without the drama so there's that part and then honestly it's been letting myself over the years date different types of people so Mm -hmm. like I said last year I dated a guy who I honestly thought was the one and Mm -hmm. was you know, this amazing man. And I have Mm. nothing bad to say about him. Our timing was just off. Now, what relationship with him felt like sometimes is it felt kind of boring. Mm. There, I didn't feel that like fire, but Mm. I respected the hell out of him. He challenged me. He was fun, adventurous, and we got along. And I knew that he really, really was his word integrity was so important to him and he's the type of guy who shows up and is willing to learn listen and grow and be humble Mm -hmm. so that relationship ended and then I dated another guy and this guy it was like everything that that other relationship wasn't yeah it was light it was fun it was sexy like Mm. oh my gosh like I haven't felt that sort of physical attraction in such a long time like it was instant like the first time we met like we were laughy flirty giddy and when we would kiss I remember the first time we kissed we both backed (laughs) up and we're like whoa whoa that was crazy (laughs) we're such good kissers together like we were just like kids and we went dancing we just had so much fun yeah however so much else was missing Mm. and it was so interesting to both of us decide to walk away from getting to know each other because we are both like, man, 
emotionally, priorities-wise, values-wise, our calling, where we're headed in life is literally the exact opposite. And I remember after we both ended that, looking back and being like, all right, which relationship would I choose? Mm -hmm. So I had the choice. Do I want the, I mean, I had that fire, that passion, and it is intoxicating. And then I had this other person that like I cared for deeply. I loved deeply. And yet there wasn't that like drama there or that like ah, that angst. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for the first time, I was like 10 times out of 10, I'd choose wow. the peaceful relationship. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, sexual chemistry is freaking awesome. And it yeah. feels amazing when you have that right off the bat. Yeah. But that can grow. If you're in a relationship where two people are really committed to each other and to growing, that goes from the boardroom to the bedroom to parenting to everything. If that crazy, fiery passion isn't necessarily there physically, Mm -hmm. that's what informed and enthusiastic consent is about. Hey, I like it when you do this. I don't like it when you do this. Can we try this? And so hands down... I would want the person that I trust, feel safe with, who has integrity. That's great. And it's it was just being able to feel both of those wow. in my body and be like, wow, like as amazing yeah. and as hot and sexy as that was, yeah. that's actually not what I want. Yeah. Yeah. And so I don't know if I'm answering your question no, at all, but it, for me, it's been helpful to like feel in my body like, okay, like here's what that feels like. And here's what Mm -hmm. this feels like. And, you know, Esther Perel is a psychiatrist and she talks about, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that we love, but who do we want to build a life story with? That's great. Yep. And it can be so easy to let ourselves get swept away by the charisma, the charm and all of that. And not to say you can't have both. Right. But I think it's important to pause and be like, who is a person I want to build a life yeah. with? Yeah. That's and how, huge. what are their ways of being? Yeah. Yeah. You I know, feel, that's so good. And I, I think that keyword build, I mean, that's what we're talking about this season. And just like with building, like when you, when you at, when someone isn't healthy or when, cause I think relationships only is healthy. It's like it's least healthy member too. So mm. like when someone is consistently acting out or, isn't fully healed in an area and, and is, struggle, is struggling consistently in something and, and just, yeah, just isn't healthy and healthy enough to carry a relationship. Like I feel like sometimes you just, you're building something and then it's like one of you takes a sledgehammer to what you've done. And it's just like that constant state of chaos is just not livable. It might be like always exciting and always like on it, but that's not sustainable. And I think yeah. too, like just a question I have for you is, um, and something I think about a lot is just like, there's so much grace when you're, when you're dating there's so much they're all gonna make mistakes there's so much grace in general with relationships and friendships um but like where where's the line or maybe the tension between like grace and standards because you forgive someone and you give grace and like okay you're not perfect in this and you're growing and you're an evolving human mm-hmm. um but then also like I have a standard or like I want to hold this as a standard mm-hmm. and I feel like that's something I wrestle with a lot it's just like Where's that? Like, if, do you, does that make sense or just? Oh, it makes yeah, perfect sense. That, oh yeah. And I, I think that can be, it can be a hard road to walk and attention yeah. of a both and. Mm-hmm. I will say the older I've gotten, the number one thing, which might put people of faith who are listening to this, <laughs> like what? Like the number one thing I look for in a partner is a growth mindset. Yep. That's literally. So. Yep. I said that yesterday. <laughs> is a person Yep. Yeah, you're right. We aren't perfect. Yeah. I'm not perfect. God, sure as hell not perfect, you know? I mess up all the time. I fall short of mm-hmm. who I say I want to be constantly. We all have right. a gap between who we are and who we want to be. Right. What are we doing with that gap? Who are yeah. we in that gap? Who are we when we don't get our way? Who are we when we receive feedback? Who are we mm-hmm. when we're wrong? Who are we when we blow it? And to to get to know a person and, and really start to be like, all right, is this a standard or, you know, is this a pattern? Mm. Mm. And I think it's why it's so important to be with a person over time and let conflict unfold and let real life unfold because 
you can only put your best forward foot forward for so long and then it's like you know then the real stuff starts happening and is this a person you can grow with does this person listen to you yeah and not yeah. just listen but apply your feedback hmm. because I, yeah. I have a friend right now dating a guy who is incredible at receiving feedback the way this guy receives feedback is hmm. better than any other person but guess what <laughs> he does not implement hmm. So it's not just listening. It's yeah. are you willing to actually do the work? Right. And yeah. so to me, that's where, yes, you can have a standard. For me, because I grew up in a house full of drug addiction, mm-hmm. that's a non-negotiable for me. Right. There's other like hills that I can like die on with another person and move through their struggle with. But right. because of the trauma that I grew up in and yeah. still am walking through with my dad being an active addict, that's not a story that I, at this point, am willing to step into. Even if that person is like, listen, I'm so committed to my growth. Like, God can totally change my heart. But to me, that's a standard that I have. Yeah. Integrity is a standard that I have. You know, integrity isn't being perfect. Integrity is willing to own your shit when the shit hits the fan. That's great. Yep. I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss on your podcast. No, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. But it's, are you who you yeah. say you are? Mm-hmm. You know? And yeah. I think if you have someone who is willing to grow, yeah. and growth mindset includes humility, feedback arcs, it includes all of that. If you have someone who's willing to grow and who is their word, yeah, you can work through a lot of things together. Yeah. Yep. Um and, and unfortunately, we want to know, does this person have integrity? Is this person um, showing up for themselves? Do they have growth mindset from date one? We can all yeah. say the perfect resume, right? Sure. But really, it's getting yeah. to know a person and just seeing how are they showing up for the little things? That's great. Are they late all the time? Do they make mm. excuses? Are they able to own? You know what? Like right before this call, I yeah. had a call with my coaching or with my business coach. Yeah. And it was the exact same time as this call. And I just, I, I goofed it. I, <laughs> we rescheduled and I forgot to put the reschedule on my calendar mm. and, you know, we're talking and I could have been like, you know what? Like my assistant should have done this. And, but I said, you know what? I, I apologize. I, I'm, I'm out of integrity for our call and mm. I, I own that. This was my fault and I'm sorry. Can we reschedule mm. as no. opposed to oh, this is someone else's fault or right. it's the time zones. Like yeah. integrity yep. <laughs> shows up in ev- in the tiny That's decisions. Great. It shows up yeah. in how is this person treating the barista? Yeah. How are they treating yeah. people in the service industry? And so, yeah, have yeah. those standards. And then also like we get to observe people and how they show up in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, integrity is so good and so key and different than like honesty, I think. I think honesty is like, more front-facing integrity is can be but also is more like what you do in secret what no one's seeing and like what you know if someone was if there was a camera in your house you know what that would pick up and yeah. I think that's really that only comes over time you don't know that right away and yeah you're right you can it's easy to put up a front or yeah. say the right things in the beginning so that's are there helpful. standards that you're like should this be a standard or yeah, what like when you ask that question, is there anything that specifically <clears throat> comes up for you? Yeah, I mean, I think growth, the growth mindset thing that you said is like, I literally was having a conversation with someone yesterday and I was like, the number one thing is, <laughs> I mean, yeah, for me too, like I, I want them to love Jesus, but I think also just the growth mindset is everything because I just, that also, you know, when you're always wanting to grow, always wanting to learn, always wanting to be better and more healed and more whole like that that provides a life of excitement too you know and it's like mm-hmm. that's hot and that's, <laughs> that's cool and so um so that's huge but I think yeah in terms of if there's something it maybe should be a standard I think I think I'm always just like how and I this was a question that I had for you um because you talk a lot about singleness too and just like um how do you know if you're if you're ready and I think I think mm-hmm. my question about with standard stuff too is like how because I've I've had relationships recently with men who are wonderful but still going through and kind of in the thick of some really heavy stuff and um some of it's like addiction stuff and so just wondering like how 
how healed do you need to be or how healed do they need to be or how healed do I need to be to enter in and maybe that's different for everyone but just I think that's my always my question is like okay they're willing to grow but like this is still like a kind of a big area that has a hold and I think it's just that's the question that I have yeah so oh it's such a good question and it's something that I've been processing through in my own life my last relationship there was our constant tension was yeah I felt like he needed to like go off and kind of heal on his own for a season yeah and his thing was like in relationship we heal together yeah like what is it to heal together and I totally see and saw his side of things Mm -hmm. and I also saw my side of things um yeah for example when like if we're talking about like recovery any sort of recovery recovery from addiction pornography sex addiction codependency mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. it is when you're in any recovery program they will encourage you to be single for at least mm-hmm. a year yep the reason why is because you're figuring out who you are outside of your trauma mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're figuring out how to self-regulate without going to the next new shiny object to distract you, heal you, fix you, right. uh, or put your mind at ease. Right. Yeah. So I do think being in a relationship with someone is about the person you're willing to grow with for the rest of your life, mm-hmm. if marriage is what you want, yeah. slash the person that you are going to heal with. This person is going to trigger you more than anyone else. So you have yeah. the opportunity to grow and heal in deeper ways than you could ever grow or heal right. single. I right. think, I mean, there's right. so much we can do alone, but there's just something about those romantic relationships yeah. that tap on parts of our stories, traumas, yes. and hearts mm-hmm. that don't get activated in platonic friendships. Yeah. No, that's great. So I would say, how do you know if you're ready? How do you know if someone else is ready? For me, I want to I want to know how are they committed to their growth right now? Mm. And has something pretty big just happened in their life? I.e., have they mm. just admitted to themselves like a massive trauma or an addiction or, right. you know, they just got divorced uh, two months ago or something? Mm-hmm. There's a big life event. I would say that person needs some time to process and be on their own and really go to the wilderness, like go to the wilderness of God and figure out who you are outside of this. Yeah. That's, that's kind of my take on it. When there's been some sort of season of commitment to personal growth, Mm -hmm. I don't really have a time limit on that because I think it's different for everyone. And then Mm -hmm. when they've gotten out of that, what does commitment to growth look like? Right. Is it, you know, I'm a part of a small group or I have a coach or I'm in therapy every week because it's so easy just to say, oh, like I'm fixed. Like I noticed the problem or I had an eating disorder for years in Mm -hmm. my late teens and early 20s and healing took a lot of years for me. And Mm -hmm. are there moments where I'm still like, you know what, I'd like to eat a entire box of brownies yes but those moments of course still appear but it's now I've been doing the work for so long that I have the Mm -hmm. tools Mm -hmm. to reach out for support to say okay what's really coming up for me and so what sort of tools do they have in their life accountability because as a person that you're you're dating as, mm-hmm. as you are dating another person, it is not their job to be your accountability partner. No. It is not your job to keep them on track. Yeah. In fact, mm-hmm. you know, guy number two with the crazy physical chemistry, one reason why I knew it wouldn't work out for us is because he had a pattern in his life yeah. that he knew was an issue. And he's like, listen, I just like don't. He's like, I know Care. this is not who I want to be forever, but yeah. like I'm not ready to like give this up. And so I'm like, great, like best to you and all your endeavors, like no hard feelings. Like I think you're great and I want more for you, but that's not a journey I'm willing to go on with you. So I think when you find yourself looking externally for healing, I want to date because I'm just so tired of this narrative. I just want to date because when I start dating, then I won't 
yeah. have this eating disorder because this person will make me feel better about myself. I'll finally mm-hmm. feel pretty or I'll finally get my finances together when I'm dating someone. Like if it's yeah. like I am putting my wholeness on something external, then pause, maybe yeah. take a break. That's great. Maybe go to therapy. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're going to create unnecessary collateral when you yeah. don't have it fully, you know, yeah. when it hasn't been worked out, when you can't yeah. be alone and just whole on your own, yeah. it's, you can't, you can't, like you were saying earlier, you can't give from an empty cup. Yeah. You can't give from an empty well. And I think we, we can only love people to the extent that we can love ourselves really yeah. too. So, yeah. And yeah. then the flip side of that is at some point you're just going to have to dive into relationships. Right. Yeah. If you want, you know, yeah. because no one will be perfect. No one's perfectly mm-hmm. evolved. No one has the perfect mm-hmm. faith, the perfect integrity, the perfect trajectory. So is this a person you, you want to grow and heal with? Yeah. No, that's great. Yeah. So good. This is all so good. I have like a million and five more questions for mm-hmm. you, but um, I'll just let, you know, if there's anything else you want to give us, I, I want to talk about your book. I want to talk about your, your podcast, but because um, I know you built some big things in your life. And if there's anything mm-hmm. you want to speak to on just how you've built some of these external things you can, and or if there's anything else you want to say to our listeners. Oh my goodness. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I wrote a book called Sexless in the City. It came out about a year ago. And you can get that on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Audible, Kindle, wherever yeah. you buy books. Um, I have a weekly podcast called The Refined Collective where, yeah, we talk about everything from faith to sexuality, identity, deconstruction, um, really any sort of controversial subject I'm, I'm wanting to <laughs> approach with hopefully nuance and, yes. and grace there. And yeah, I would just say if there's like one thing I could say, it would be that it's okay to be in process mm. and That's it's great. okay to realize, you know what, maybe I need support. Yeah. Therapy yeah. is the best thing that I've ever done in my life. <laughs> and whether we're talking about career growth, mental health, personal growth, romance, the more I have invested into my wholeness, that yeah. just comes back tenfold, whether it's paying for a business coach or paying for a therapist or paying for a workout class, like mm. all of any penny of money or time you invest into your wholeness will only serve you and others so good so good oh well thank you so much this was so good and so helpful um and yeah i just really appreciate you and your time and your wisdom so i know it's gonna help a lot of people and this was a great great chat so thank you kat thanks so much for having me yay to all our listeners thank you once again for tuning in we hope you feel loved and encouraged by today's content Be sure to stay tuned for more exciting updates and our gather news on our Instagram at Girls Who Gather, as well as our website, www.thegirlswhogather.com. Also remember to share and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. Be on the lookout for season updates, announcements, merch, media, meetups, and more. There's always something for you to be involved in and a place to belong. Until next time. Bye, gather girls.